0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Every Arkansan podcast. I'm Drew Davis, and we are blessed to have Jessica Malta with us. She started a ministry called Restoration Home, and you're going to love hearing her story of how she started chasing her God-given dream. So, Jessica, welcome to the Every Arkansan Podcast. So glad you could make the long walk down the hall to join me. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I've been born and raised here in Rock my whole life and married to a German guy. I think he was a guest here. Well, I know he was a guest here on the podcast. Um, Yeah, we live in North Rock now. We work here for the Dream Center. We love it. Um, Been here, what now, four years?
0: Four years this trip.
1: Yeah, this trip,
0: exactly. (laughs) You were with us about um, when we started things, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then so you were part of a a program at the church that kind of trained young leaders, Yes. and so you hung out with us for a little bit, Mm -hmm. and then you left. So
1: where'd you go? I moved to New York. (laughs) Well, I was working here, or volunteering really, and working with inner city kids and realized I had no clue what I was doing. So I heard about a ministry in New York City and knew that they were doing a work similar to ours, just they've been doing it for 30 years. So I thought, well, I'll just go learn from them and then I'll come back and maybe can offer some other things to the Dream Center. Just kind of figuring out you know, what the next step was and where God wanted me. And so I did that for four months, but then realized there was a lot more to what they do that was hard to just to gain in four months. And so when they offered me a job um, to come back I moved. I moved all the way to Hollywood, New York City. That was one of the scariest days for my mom. She dropped me off, and she was like, "I just dropped my baby off on Asher, and left her there." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I guess Asher's bad."
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so no worse than Brooklyn.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's where she, I was.
0: She didn't know that at that moment. No, she so. didn't. No. So, you spent those years in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You ran into a German guy. I did. And it, it's
1: not. He's. What's the saying? Sorry, I'm pregnant. He's not hard to miss. He's 6'5", that's it. 6'5". <laughs> yes.
0: And and not quiet. No. His voice carries, so... It
1: does carry. Which is
0: great with kids, so...
1: Yes. Well, he's grown into that. When I first met him, he was very German. He was not outgoing. Everything was very black and white and logistical. He's still that way, but now he can actually, like, millie with the kids and, you know, acts funny with them, so... He's loosened up being down here in the south
0: <laughs> when you came back and just kind of an admin support role initially mm-hmm. yeah but you'd kind of had this burden on your heart
1: yeah i would say like seven years ago right when i was getting saved the lord told me just i want you to work with women um but there just parts of my story that you know there's some things we like to share it's a little bit easier when we can blame people for maybe past mistakes or hurts in our lives, but when we have to take responsibility for what we actually did in um, kind of disobeying the Lord. So he really challenged me that if I would get to a place of getting healing from my whole story, that in that I could be utilized and, and used to restore other women. And so, you know, we've kind of just said that. i started working with you guys, moved to New York City, come back here, And I'm thinking, oh, that dream that God gave me, man, he just put that on a shelf and it's dusty. And I guess maybe I heard him wrong or um, maybe I, you know, just questioned was that still something that God had within me. But it was still always a passion. I just didn't realize where the Lord was navigating me through that he was actually setting me to be actually be able to do it. Um, And so, yeah, being here on staff, I think you asked me randomly I don't know why you did but I think it was God thing to go on a trip with you and your wife and and um Kristen to get trained uh with mercy multiplied and it was there that God's like the time is now let's do this thing and so that dusty dream I put on a shelf and um thought okay well God's never going to bring it back to me um it started getting birth right here at the dream center so and the restoration home came from that
0: and we're so thankful for the restoration. Yeah.
1: Um, me too. I'm, I'm glad a, you took a chance on me.
0: <laughs> twice. Um, yeah,
1: twice.
0: But I, mean, I, th- I think one of the things that we always talk about is mm-hmm. because, I mean, you, you've sugarcoated a lot of your story. A lot of the life hurts that you dealt with. It took you years and years and years mm-hmm. of working through it yeah. was that you weren't in a healthy place when you started the leadership program oh, no way. you weren't in a healthy place with us, you weren't in a healthy place even all the way through New York. you mm-hmm. were getting healthy,
1: yeah oh yeah,
0: um, and so just I don't know if you want to share any of that. Mm-hmm. I know some of that is 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 really personal, yeah in nature, but
1: definitely um. You know, I did, I grew up in a divorced family, and even though my mom worked super hard, and my dad was a, a great guy, and I had a wonderful stepdad, um, it still breathes insecurity in a young girl, you know, and going into high school, and, and dating guys, and we, you know, us girls, we've all been there, you know, you just kind of pick up baggage along the way, and so making a lot of stupid decisions, decisions that You know, thankfully, um, the Lord, you know, was protecting me in the midst of all my sin. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, once I got saved and went to that leadership um, school, I had no clue how unself-disciplined I was. Like, and how much it really helps you when living a life for the Lord. And because living a life for the Lord will cost you everything. And I think so many Christians and people, even me going into it blindly, accepting the Lord, had no clue... (laughs) what all I might have to give up, and but it's been so rewarding. And so, yes, every step of the way from being with you, you guys, volunteering and realizing, oh my gosh, I live a selfish life. There's kids that are going without so much. And moving to New York and, and just gaining a whole new uh, perspective of leadership and behind the scenes things. And yeah, I really believe that the Lord was preparing each step of the way not only healing me but giving me the tools um that when I came to you and said hey let's start the house I definitely felt in over my head (laughs) let's not you know act like I was ready to go but I knew that God gave me a tool belt to use um and he was going to help me keep learning through that process
0: and and I think it's really important um to bring up one other thing that I know really kind of changed your life Mm -hmm. it wasn't you going through some program that changed your life Mm -hmm. it was there was another woman in your life that Mm -hmm. came to you and said I've I've made the same decisions and gone through the same Mm -hmm. things and this is deeper Mm -hmm. than it is and I mean she poured into you for a period of year I mean even till today she's one of your best friends and Mm -hmm. still pouring into you but what 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 was it about that that was different than a program, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I mean, the program taught me a lot of why it's important to make your bed, <laughs> why it's important to take care of your body um, and be healthy and all those things. And that was great, and God really restored me during that season. Um, but, when, yeah, like you said, when that lady came to me and said, I know that you're healed, but I think that there's a little bit deeper roots and some things going on, you know, to me, I was at a point like, God has restored me. I am healed and a little bit of, like, righteous spirit of I don't need to go any deeper. And that is a scary place when we get there as believers of we don't have to go any deeper. We're going to be growing to the day that we die. Or I hope that I'm willing to be growing until the day that I die um, with the Lord. And that He continues to sharpen me. And so when she came in, I think that was... I mean, it was a God-ordained moment, for real, and kind of walked into it and going, okay, I'll let you mentor me, sure. (laughs) Um, I have, like, all these amazing leaders and part of new life, and okay, lady. Really skeptical, and then, man, she started just going right to the root issues, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm even more messed up than I thought, but um, just walking through that healing, I realized this is what it is to follow the Lord, that we are not because we live in a fallen world the enemy is coming after us and so in that he wants he cares so much about us that he wants to restore us um and be more and more like him that we don't have to wait to heaven you know what I mean he he wants to do that work in us and make us more in his image and so she started that process and (laughs) I've been very thankful for her and it, it is it's it changed my life on a lot more personal basis and lot more. Um, it's just different when you can talk to someone exactly where you, they've been, and it relates to where you've been, and you can link arms with them because they'll get you like no one else will, and so.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think that's that's a super important thing because having a daughter that's gone through life hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can forgive. Mm-hmm. You can try to forget, oh, yeah. but there's still that seed in you the of that hurt or whatever mm-hmm. that God's working on and i think so much of the time we allow that seed to turn to shame
1: oh yeah definitely
0: and so it's oh i did x y or z mm-hmm. or all three in some of our cases and man i just i'm better off to cover that up yeah. i'm i'm new in jesus mm-hmm. But I'm going to put that behind me. That's my past. That's Mm -hmm. my history. It's forgiven. But it's still there. Oh, yeah. It still festers.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's where the Lord started my journey with what would be my ministry with. You have to give me every area of your life. (laughs) Because if you don't, I can't utilize you in Mm -hmm. every way that I have for you. And like you just said, we so often get a religious spirit or we realize oh we raise our hands and we know the worship songs and we get comfortable church becomes our second home and then it's like oh well i'm good everything's taken care Mm -hmm. of and we kind of lose that desperation and when we did when we first got saved of like oh my gosh who is this god i gotta get to know him we read the word every day and we get in it and we're like telling everybody else what we've learned and we're we're we know-it-alls now and we we get comfortable there and the Mm -hmm. lord's like no remember that hurt with your dad remember that thing uh, that happened with the ex-boyfriend, like those are still things that took away and steered you in a way that isn't everything that I have for you. And so it takes time. It takes um, you constantly wanting to dig deeper and it can get annoying. You know, you're like, is there something else I got to deal with? There's one more hurt. I didn't think that was a big deal, but I love what I get to do and I love how the Lord is such a gentleman. He's never going to push you to walk through healing. He will hold your hand and guide you very gently into it if you let him but you if you want to just sit on a pew and be excited about praising the Lord and knowing who he is that's great but I think God doesn't want us just to know who he is like you know I don't know I can know who you are but maybe I don't know you intimately it's different you know
0: yeah and and I think that's what people confuse of raising their hand and I accept you as my Lord and Savior Mm -hmm. but it's kind of a one-way street. I'm, I'm taking what you're having to offer as far as yeah. fire insurance, but I'm not going yeah. to get vulnerable with it. you, God. Yeah. You already know all these things, so I can kind of sugarcoat them yeah. or gloss over them and move on. Mm-hmm. But no, he wants to know every pinprick that mm-hmm. hurts you. He yeah. wants to know every splinter you had. And he wants, he wants to take
1: it out. He doesn't yes. want you to hurt anymore. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I think mm-hmm. all of that's great, but I think one of the other things is, is so much of the time we get comfortable in I'm a new creation in Christ, we for we forget or try to hide those things mm-hmm. when that's what the person sitting next to us in the pew needs. Oh, yeah,
1: exactly. They
0: need you to be able to be vulnerable and say, I've been there, sister, mm-hmm. or I've been there, brother, and I know how it feels because uh, yeah. me, as a man, mm-hmm. I can't relate yeah. to my three daughters, <laughs> let alone um, anyone else in the general public, and I can only relate to certain... Things that I've struggled with, mm-hmm. and I think it's important for us to realize that what Satan intended for harm, Jesus wants to make into something miraculous, oh, yeah. and that's that's what's been so exciting yeah. with your walk is having seen you from the early days, from I mean the day you started that program oh, till yeah. those three years working for us. <laughs> Consequence time, all kind of things. James Bennett put up with you, but, but I mean, walking through that and then seeing you leave us, Mm -hmm. and then seeing you come back, and it's like, holy cow, she's the admin queen now. (laughs) She gets a lot of this stuff we're doing. It's great having you on the team. Mm -hmm. You're a thinker. You're all this, and then we go on that trip. Yeah. um, Because I know that that was something on your heart, and. It was something on my heart just mm-hmm. because what we'd gone through with my daughter and i'd seen the transformation that yeah. mercy multiplied had brought in her life but i think one of the great stories that you always tell is not what happened while we were on that trip mm-hmm. what happened back here while we were on that trip if yeah. that makes sense
1: yeah well it was super exciting on that trip i remember just being so emotional and i knew drew doesn't handle emotions well so there's no need to have a talk on that trip but i knew what the lord was saying to me and so I think I told you right when we were getting home was on Monday we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> because but I need to get my thoughts together and get these tears under control before we have this sit down meeting um, but in that um Wells Fargo is a really cool thing with nonprofit nonprofits where they um sometimes will give for homes to nonprofits if they qualify and a lot of this was going on behind the scenes while we were on that trip and so We got to the office on Monday, which I thought, okay, my emotions are under control, I have my speech ready for Drew, I'm going to talk him into this, (laughs) let's start this house, what house, who knows, Um, but a staff member came up to me that morning and says, hey, I just want you to know Wells Fargo called, and I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you, we got the home, free Mm -hmm. of charge, and I just like oh my gosh, now that all the tears started flowing. I think you tried to take a picture of me because I think you knew what conversation (laughs) I wanted to have. And it was just a a confirmation moment because I told the Lord that weekend that if he wanted me to do this, because let me rewind one second. Um, I was at church on that Sunday and Pastor Rick did a sermon at New Life. And he said, some of you have dreams and maybe they've been, you know, not coming to fruition and so you're you're kind of frustrated he's like don't forget about them like we reminded of them and so i knew about this house that we could potentially get so we get in the car and i tell marius my husband i said we need to drive by it and he was like well where is it i don't know you know but i'll get the address i'll text someone at work and so we find it it is boarded up it is an abandoned home so I'm like, Morris, you know, he's very German. So I'm like, we need to get out of the car and take that board off. And you know, my husband's <laughs> like, that's breaking the law. Like, we can't do that. But I, you know, smooth talked to him and said, just do it for me. And I remember he popped that, that wood off the wall, and I just looked into that home and I saw a place that, you know, a home is built for a family. A home is built for a place to bring safety. A home is built. For you can laugh and feel vulnerable and cry and have the most joyous moments happen in that home. But yet this home was abandoned and boarded up and people walked past it all the time and it was just a shell. It was just a frame and the Lord was like, yep, yeah, that's what a lot of women do. And you remember that season where you walked around just of a shell of a person, but I didn't create you for that. I created you to have purpose and a plan and visions and to know me and to be alive and so... Um, the Lord spoke to me. He's like, we're going to use this home to restore women back to the very thing I intended for their lives. And it was going to take us restoring that home. And so when I walked into the office that Monday and that we got confirmation that we got the home, whew, yeah, tears were flying. I was just like, oh my gosh, Lord, you really do hear us. <laughs> the time is now. Um, little did I know what I was getting myself into, um, but it was a, a good, exciting moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's one of those things that we we developed a plan Mm -hmm. we got the house and then um you didn't understand me a lot of times when I I kind of forced you to learn how to remodel the house yes um
1: there's days I prayed a lot for you because I'm like just give him favor to want to do these things for me Like I'm tired of painting walls. I was frustrated. Yes, a lot. But
0: but but it, I think it was one of those things, though that um, it makes me nervous. I mean, I am a parent who has kids who has wanted to quit six million times mm-hmm. r- of raising my kids. You know what I'm saying? They're my kids. Yeah. But I some days I don't want yeah. to raise them just because I feel inadequate. I feel prepared. I feel whatever insecurities mm-hmm. I have yeah. or whatever. And, and you persevered through that. And that was amazing. And and I never will forget when we brought Rick over there for the first time yeah. and you shared, here's what I want it to be. And Rick looked you in the eyes and he says, no. Yeah. He goes, this is, th- this is this. And, and so...
1: Oh, the house was rough when yeah. I was speaking this vision over yeah. it. Ooh, yeah.
0: But, <laughs> but I, mean, I think what he told you was basically... This is for hurting women. Mm-hmm. This is for life hurts. Yeah. And it's it's not, so many people look at, I need to go into a residential type facility, mm-hmm. oh, I've got a drug addiction, or I've got um, abuse I need to hide from, or, or some of these things that are mm-hmm. so severe. Yeah. But what I love about what you've created is this is about people that are just hurting mm-hmm. and broken. And just like what you said on that house, on the inside there's something that they're not on the outside, and getting to that. So tell us about the first two girls you brought in because I think that's a great leadership moment for anyone else out there that's got a dream.
1: It was one of the hardest days of my life and I think one of the days you saw me at my moment where I wanted to quit maybe for the really, really for the first time I wanted to quit ministry. Um, We finally got through the long process of renovating I got through the process of putting all the volunteers in place and getting trained. You get all the manuals done, and you just feel like, I am ready for war. <laughs> Let's go get these girls. And we moved our first two girls in, and within a week, week and a half, we lost our first girl um, just due to some different circumstances. And then by, like, week two, week three, here I was sitting in a room where this girl is yelling at me and saying, it's too hard, it's too hard, and I can't do this, and, you know, and me just being so frustrated with, like, you think this is hard? This is hard for me. Like, you know, um, I'm giving up nights with my husband. I I work so hard, and I'm doing all these things, and I just felt, you know, when she's like, I'm done, just let me leave, and, you know, something that Mercy taught me was you can't make them want it more. Um, they shared the story of the rich young ruler when Jesus is telling him the way to follow him. And he's like, I got some stuff to handle. And Jesus doesn't water it down. He doesn't say, well, let's we'll just start here and then we'll work on those things. He just let him turn around and walk away. And that was my first moment in ministry, watching someone know that they have an opportunity, knowing that they have people around them that love them. And then watching her turn around and walk away to go back to... This shell of a life, you know, and where she was right there in the cups of, you know, I'm not Jesus, but I really believe that Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in our home. You know what I mean? And I think there's protection and, and all of that. And so to watch her walk away, yeah, that was a very disappointing day. I think it was a day that I needed to walk through, um, which I was very mad about it in the moment and called you to cry and I want to quit and I was frustrated, but I think it broken me the heart that Jesus has for us. How often times, even though I'm like living this life, trying to live to serve him and honor him, I still miss it, you know? And he still has grace for me and he still waits for me patiently. And I just have to do my part. I just have to say, here's the, here's the way, the truth and the life. Follow Jesus, pick up your cross, follow him. And what a person decides to do is not on me. It's not a burden I get to carry. But Jesus will be with them forever. And so I'm not sure where that young girl is right now. um, But I know that Jesus is still knocking at the door. And he will wait for her patiently. And that was something that I had to learn as a leader. That you can't carry these weights of the people and their hurts. Jesus has it. And he's full in control. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I did want to quit. He told me to take the next morning off. (laughs) And said, "See see you later. And I was like, okay. So I got some rest and um i came back
0: yeah and i think another one of the the valuable things was in doing ministry it's it's hard and it sucks and you went on this multiple year journey mm-hmm. only to fail oh I mean, yeah oh yeah. There, there's no other way of saying this was yeah. uh, 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 in worst case it was a false start but it, it it was a failure because i think parts of it we try to put the the ownership of it on us
1: oh, definitely. on what we
0: can do and it's been so exciting to see the reboot mm-hmm. you came at it with a, a fresh fire mm-hmm. to say no god this is mm-hmm. you're the only one's going to fix this where mm-hmm. these girls are going to either want to be here or yeah. not want to be here yeah. and so what the home's kind of become is is this refuge mm-hmm. and I'll, i'm going to let you kind of tell some of the stories but it's we're able to provide it free of charge yeah these girls just give up everything we're taking care of their housing we're making sure they eat in most cases we're getting them a job yeah um sometimes here at the dream center when we can pull it off and they are becoming part of a bigger family oh yeah that doesn't even know what they're going through yeah and and it's been exciting so just Mm -hmm. share some stories about what restoration home has become
1: yeah i first want to say to the leader who's starting something that when you fail that doesn't mean you failed that just means you're back at the starting board. It should excite you. At first, it didn't excite me either. Um, but Lord, the Lord showed me. Let's think outside the box. Let's think outside the box. We we have a God who's a creator. He doesn't fail. He just keeps creating. And so He's put that in you. So just keep creating because when we flip the model of okay, we're not going to be this full-time uh, residential. They won't work. They won't do these things. The so God was like, let's flip it because and he, he really spoke to who we were helping, which is that young girl who's probably in church who doesn't have a safe place to unpack all her hurts. Maybe that's because she is living with her boyfriend at the time, or maybe she's living with an unsafe family um, because they have their own baggage. They love her, but they have their own baggage, and so she doesn't feel like she can really go through her life hurts when maybe she's trying to take care of Bill's. Um, and having to work all the time and so when we change the model of this is our girl who wants to know the Lord even more desperately but doesn't have the skill set to do it because they need accountability and structure structure is so key Um, although a lot of our girls hate it when they move in Um, and they need to be pushed you know at 18 19 I was not being pushed by anyone I was just coasting through live and thinking oh I'll figure it out Um, but, man, if you can get people in your life to help um, put guardrails around you and push you um, into what you're supposed to be, um, which is honoring and loving the Lord and, and getting healing from your past hurts. And so, like you said, our girls give up everything um, to come in. I, I, a girl who walks into my house, I look at them as, even in their hurts and their baggage, um, and everything that comes along with them, I look at them as such a person who is so courageous, that when Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, come out here on the water, that's exactly what our girls are doing. They may not have a clue how this is going to get pulled off, but they're trusting for the first time. And I think that is, like, the first step of their life, a life full of big, huge moments, miracles happening in their life. And so, yeah, some of our girls, they've come in with thousands of dollars in debt, (laughs) um, I laugh because in nine months they paid it all off, you know. We're talking $15,000 they're paying off. That's what it, you know, they get to do that. They get to work hard and they get to work in the afternoons to pay off their debt. They don't have to worry about paying a house bill or uh, paying for rent or utilities or their car payments at times. They can just, if we need to get rid of the car, we need to get rid of the car so we can tackle this other debt. So you've seen that happen. Um, you watch girls who would emotionally cry at everything because they're just one big wound, and so everything hurt them um, to now be an intern with me and walking other girls through healing and going, hey, girl, I've been there too. Uh, I used to cry. I think Jess was mean as well, And <laughs> um, but I promise you her heart is for you, not against you, and so um, that's really cool to now have girls. We've had three girls graduate from our program, and watching them, some of them be in their – their jobs that they wanted for forever, they're, now they're getting to live that out. Um, girls who are now interning and realizing they found their purpose in our home and they want to do this the same for other hurting women. Um, and so it's just exciting. It's worth it when they get to the graduation day. Because, you know, we're working with women. It gets catty. <laughs> it gets fun, you know. Um, they're emotional and, you know, if you're a woman, you understand. So when you live with women and they're taking the bathroom and the showers and, you know, they won't scoot their clothes over in the closet. It's just, you know, a sisterhood of women, you know. So there's the good and the bad <laughs> and the ugly. And the <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, it's been amazing and um, this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting to me because it's it's like we're kind of at capacity as as far as, on the first phase of yeah. this and we've already started developing what you were talking about that internship, that yeah. second phase. Um, so looking at how in the world do we build a new community for these young women who've, yeah. who've walked through healing, mm-hmm. but knowing that they need to be in a safe productive community yeah. for years to come. Yeah. And, and so we're walking through those processes. Yeah. Now there's doors opening mm-hmm. for bringing in, um, young soon-to-be mothers there's doors opening for all kinds of crazy things Mm -hmm. and it's exciting
1: it is exciting
0: but it's all driven kind of on your shoulders and the shoulders of so many volunteers Mm -hmm. so so what's what are a couple of the things real quickly that hey we're looking for volunteers that can kind of jump in and Mm -hmm. serve in this capacity and live out your god-given dream
1: yeah, I think the easiest step is coming in and teaching a class, and that can sound overwhelming because, like, I'm not a teacher, but it's really just sitting down with women and giving life skills. We have a, um, a class we call Lifestyle Leadership because leadership is not just a title. It's your lifestyle, and if we can get people to realize when your lifestyle is a leader, you will be promoted. <laughs> um, it is not about just trying to achieve. And so we have women come in and teach different things. like how to do a resume and why it's important when you're in an interview, how to dress. Um, sitting down and saying, this is how I manage my emotions because I, um, I have things that trigger me at work and I, I used to be an addict, you know? Uh, it's just wisdom, sitting down and pouring into these women something that maybe you wish someone would have told you. You get to tell them now, it's mm-hmm. that simple. Uh, and you get to do it and they'll ask tons of questions because they are so eager to learn And so, you may not feel like you have much to offer, but you have that one life lesson that you've learned that you can come in and teach a woman. And it's just, you know, 45 minutes, uh, right? You know, take it on your lunch break and come in and teach. Um, Another great way is we do outings once a month. Some of our girls, because of financial burdens, they don't get to go do fun things and make memories. Um, And and you're looking at a 21-year-old who has full of energy. I remember how much energy I had at 21. And they want to do things. They want to make memories. And so we have volunteers who take them, you know, hiking or they take them to museums and just give them exposure to things that maybe were um, the enemy robbed them from from their childhood. But if we can instill those memories, I just think about one day when they're a mom, you know, they're gonna to get to take their kids and do those things and expose them to things. And we just start watching chains break and and a new legacy being laid for their family. And so, um, those are great ways to just immediately get plugged in. And then we've had women who have volunteered, and they now are in their sweet spots. They're, um, one of our ladies, Stacy, I'm so thankful for her. She just started helping with Bible study. But now she's writing her own Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And they're so good. And she's realizing, oh, my gosh, God has so much more in store for me. And now she's getting to you know use that for the home, and our our girls are benefiting from it. But she's growing too, as she's learning how to do all this. So I always say, come to the house and we can start you in these spots. But if you have a dream to do something with one of our girls, I don't want to hold you back. You didn't hold me back. So <laughs> I definitely want to make sure our ho- our home allows volunteers to dream and how they want to help restore young women too.
0: What's the best way for someone to kind of find you guys out there in the, in the world?
1: Yeah, they can check out our social media. Because um, if you're thinking if you want to apply, Um, there's a link in our bio on Instagram, it's called Restoration Home, the underscore thing, no, Restoration underscore Home. You can find us, uh, the link in the bio, you can apply. I think um, if you want a fresh start, if you want a new beginning, this would be the great place. If you're a volunteer, you can email me.
0: Jessica, we're so thankful that you came and joined us today and just shared mm-hmm. just a tiny bit. I, yeah. I get the advantage of getting to hear your stories every day, <laughs> and there's so many of them, and mm-hmm. there's so many testimonies that I can't wait to start seeing out there oh, on yeah. social media of the girls as they're graduating. Mm-hmm. They get comfortable with sharing where God's taken yeah. them from, places that they didn't even know, mm-hmm. and, and the stories of, su- of success that are kind of coming out of that. Yeah. So thank you so much for what you do. Of course. So much for being here. Good luck on the little German.
1: Oh, yes. but Before we leave, I really want to say something. I love what you're doing, Drew, with the Every Arkansan podcast. And I think your dream for Every Arkansan to find um, and really chase after their God-given dream, like... I feel like I'm a person who got to experience that firsthand and I just want to say thank you to you. Um, So if you're watching us and you're thinking, I really do have a dream, but will he really listen or how can really people help navigate that? The burden's still on you because God gave it. He gave that vision to you, Um, but I would really reach out because I remember just sitting in that conversation with you and going, I really want to do this and you help navigate me. um, But you help you really let me like learn to walk and then take <laughs> off running, you know? Um, and so just thank you for believing in me. And I know that you believe in so many people um, that, and I just think it's so cool of bringing people in and doing these things. Um, I just pray that it, it really stirs them on to really keep chasing after their dream because it just gets bigger and bigger as God, um, you know, develops it. So, you know, thank you for doing this and connecting all of us together um, here in the state of Arkansas and, you know, all the other cool states out there.
0: (laughs) It is a pleasure.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you for joining us on the Every Arkansan Podcast. Let us know if there's a topic you'd like to learn more about so that we can help you chase after your God-given dream. In the meantime, you can like, subscribe, and share this on social media. Check with us next week for another inspiring story of Arkansans chasing their dreams.